0: Amen. Good morning. morning. Hallelujah. You know, for the past few weeks, we've been talking about dying to the world. You know, we being redeemed. And living according to God's purpose as part of being redeemed. And and it's all about God, not about us. Amen. Amen? So, Lord, in this moment, as we come to this portion of this gathering, Lord, heal broken hearts. Lord, help us to change our minds. Lord, forgive us for all of our sins and shortcomings as we, in this moment, want to hear from you. Regardless of what I think I've heard and what I've prepared, Lord, in this moment, let us hear from you and only you. Lord, heal me. Heal my heart. Lord, let none of my emotions have any effect on on what happens from the rest of this time that we have together. Lord, in Jesus' name, bless us with your presence. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to start off in a a few of the uh, passages that we've been in over the last few weeks. In Hebrews chapter 9, beginning verse 12, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having a, obtained eternal redemption for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on clean on unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to god cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living god and remember one of the highlights is that we've been redeemed, we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into His marvelous light, but it's not about us just being saved, it's about us being transformed, it's about us being translated into His kingdom to serve His purpose, to serve Him, to worship Him. Amen? We have to... And as many times as you've heard me say it, and and as many times as maybe even you've contemplated it with God yourself... we can't approach our relationship with God in a selfish way. It's, it's not about what God can do for us or what God can turn me into. It's about what can I do for Him? What do I owe Him? Amen? Okay, so now let's go to Philippians. In Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 9. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding let me ask, let me pause it for a minute. Is that your goal? Our young people, we've got a handful of young people here, thank God, and maybe whoever may be watching or listening. Is that is that part of your process? Is that part of your everyday now? I mean, are are you are you growing in knowledge and in your understanding as it relates to, to God? I know that many of you, we have a lot of smart people in this room, a lot of smart people that call this church home. Thank God, I think that Young people sitting in the back of the room they're all pretty smart. I know at least two of them are smart, probably more so, but you understand what I'm saying, and I say it lightly, but at the same time, we can have a high degree of intellect we can have uh, we could be very intelligent, we can have a high i q but if we're and, and and that's great, praise the Lord that's a gift from God, but if we're not growing in our knowledge. Of God, if we're not, if we don't understand His ways more, then that that intellect that we have really is not going to do us a whole lot of good. Amen. So, so again, young people, old people, everybody in between, we need to keep on growing in the knowledge and the understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus. See, the fruit of our salvation, like we mentioned last week, it, it has to do with the character that we now have because Jesus has imparted His Spirit into us. And so as we're growing in this knowledge and understanding, this fruit of our salvation, we start to look like Jesus. We have this, these fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Amen? All right. The righteous character produced by, uh, in your life by Jesus Christ... For this will bring much glory and praise to God, which ultimately is our purpose, is to worship, adore God, to bring glory and praise to Him. And lastly, Romans 7, verse 4, Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to Him, Christ, who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God we were saved and and, and joined to Christ, married to Christ. What is the purpose? To bear fruit to God, to bring glory and honor and praise to his name. I want to go back because we used um, Israel as an example. The children of Israel, obviously, they were saved, they were redeemed uh, by God through Moses, and they went into the promised land, remember what the purpose was. The purpose wasn't for them to just go into a promised land. The purpose was to worship God. Now now, remember, Pharaoh tried to say, okay, go and make some sacrifices here. But that worship did not involve just making some sacrifices. See, I'm so glad that some of you came today. But there's so many who are in other churches doing their sacrifice, making their obligation—you know, meeting their obligation—I should say—but that's not what worshiping God is. Israel was called out of Egypt not to just make some uh, fire and and not to do—you know—make some obligatory and not to receive the law so that they can know here's what your sacrifice is. Here, no, Israel was redeemed so that the invisible God could be seen. Israel was redeemed so that God can show Himself through people. Israel was redeemed so that they can live a life that spoke of the presence of God. Israel was redeemed so that they could be His special people. That the whole earth would know that there is a God and point to them as proof that there is a God. Are you with me? Now we are the redeemed. We are redeemed for His purpose, so that all of the earth know that there is a God. His name is Jesus, and they see that through you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So we could quit right there, but we're not going to. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to read to you. And so remember, we need to produce fruit to God. Amen? And so last week, one of the, we ended up with, okay, what is you, are you producing fruit? What's your, you're producing some kind of fruit, but is it fruit unto God? Is your fruit, the fruit of your life right now, is it showing, is it glorifying God? Amen? Okay, so here we go. I'm in John chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If any does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. Let me pause there. That's verse 8. Do you see the consistency? This, this is a different apostle in a different place speaking by the Holy Spirit the same thing that the other apostles spoke in a different place. This is our purpose. This is what we, were, we are, are, are redeemed to do. By this my Father is glorified. We are, we are gathered, we, we are saved, we are redeemed to glorify God. We bear much fruit, so, we, so that's how we know that we are his disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Did you hear that? Do you want to have joy? Not do you want to be happy for the moment, but do you want to have true joy? Joy that is not dependent on what's going on around you. This joy that God has given us is something regardless of how you feel in the moment. This joy is something that's down on the inside that you have because of this relationship that you have with the true and living God. Amen? Do you want that? This is what he's saying. If you want my, this, my joy could be full. Make my joy full and make my joy remain in you. Amen? This is important. Who, why wouldn't that be important to anyone? Come on. Does it, does, isn't that what we're seeking? Isn't that what we're doing? Doing things to make us happy? Don't we do things to make us feel good? Look, the, the, These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So if you want to know what the key is to being joyful, to having a happy life, not just, again, not just depending on circumstances, but then you need to know these things that he's saying. Isn't that true? Okay, so now watch. That's very obvious. And why am I wasting time telling people that's supposed to have known that, telling them that? Because we're still not doing it. And all of us. Amen? but i need to know this i need to be reminded of this so that i don't i'm not broken hearted based on what i see so that i'm not walking around sad-faced or, you know, downtrodden because things aren't going the way I think that they should go or, you know, there are some circumstances in my life or in the life of those who are the closest to me that are negative and it just breaks my heart. Are you, are you there? Are you with me? No. In the, here's what this means. If I know these things and I can keep and hang on to these things that Jesus has spoken to me, if these things can be real, if I could put my faith in the true and living God, even in the middle of all that, I can have joy. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no no one than this, than one to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You did listen to this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask in the Father in my name he may give you. Verse 16. Awesome. That that How how do I not glean anything from that? How do I not learn anything from that? There's a couple of key scriptures. Instead of just, you know, trying to take this verse by verse, for the intense, and I think for what the Lord is leading us in here lately, I just want to show you a few things, okay? We're going to focus in on a couple of verses in there. But first, you know, it was obvious I brought this in, and, you know, it's been a long time since Pastor Tony did a uh, little visual. So, it it was... Now, you know, when I was considering this message and, and, and... you know, really praying and, and just fussing over this message and, and all that. I, I remembered the uh, grapefruit tree that I have in my backyard. Now let me ask you, this is from a grapefruit tree. If I didn't tell you that, you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't. It was citrus. You could tell it's citrus, but you wouldn't know exactly which. It's obviously a citrus tree. Okay, so now watch. In order to know, you'd have to see the fruit. Exactly what it is, right? But now let me ask you all something. What do you think the chances of this branch ever bearing fruit is right now? It will never bear fruit. Why? It's not attached anymore. It's not abiding on the tree or for this sake, it's not abiding in the vine. So it will never, ever be able to bear fruit. It needs to be attached and stay attached. Amen? And then when it bears fruit, then we know exactly, right, what kind of vine that is. Amen? I could, I could probably, you know, wire some apples to this. That wouldn't make it an apple tree, would it? No, and eventually, something would happen. I could try to maybe graft in, you know, a little bit of an apple branch here and see if I can get a, it out, but it wouldn't. Still nothing. Amen. Amen. So you get the picture, right? And this is what Jesus is saying. We need to abide in Him. We need to remain in Him. We need to live in Him. So there's a couple of scriptures here in John 15, verses 7 and 8. If you abide in Me, and My words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this My Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be My disciples. So now we've studied this together before and we can go in in, in a couple of different directions here, but if you abide in me. See, that word is if. That's that's conditional. Okay? That means, watch, I I get to choose. You get to choose. And here's the thing. He says, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Now watch. There's something that's that's speaking something here. Okay? Watch. If you ask what you desire and it should be done for you, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So the assumption is made that if I'm abiding in Him and His Word is abiding in in me, that I'm going to ask something that's going to be fruitful according to God's will did you did you see that okay is it, listen there is no big mystery here so I, I don't want anybody'm I'm not, I'm not I've never pretended or I'm not going to tell you that you know I've got this giant new revelation I'm going to tell you no we just need to know what the old stuff says Amen. and what the and, and abide by and, and do it and do it listen listen if you abide in me and my words abides in you You will ask what you desire, and and there's going to be much fruit, right? Fruit that the Father desires, fruit that glorifies the Father. But you see what happens? Number one, I have to abide in Him. I'm living in Him. I'm attached to Him. Amen? Number two, His words are living in me. My words are spirit and life. He said that. You're clean. We, where we started, you're clean because of my word. My word, you've received it and it's done something to you. It's had an effect on you. And now my word is in you. And that word in you is going to produce some fruit because you're still attached to me. You have See, there are a lot of people that know what this Bible says. There are a lot of people, the devil knows what the Word says. He knows it enough to go ahead and convolute it a little bit to try and fool you and dissuade you. Amen? To lead you astray. Is he producing fruit unto God? No. See, there are a lot of people that have a lot of Scripture memorized. There are a lot of people that know the Word. But are they abiding in the vine? Is the Word alive in them? And in order for that Word to be alive in you, you have to be made alive in the Spirit. Listen, you have to be animated by God's Holy Spirit. Not the spirit of Tony. It it can't be my spirit. It's got to be His spirit. His spirit is alive in me. And now His words are alive in me. Amen? When I read this word, I understand that these words are spirit and they are life. This is not just philosophy. This isn't just something to, to feed my intellect with or to have me ponder and maybe, oh yeah, no, this is life. This is life. And so now I grasp that. I, I understand that inside of me. So now His, his, his words are in me. They're life. I'm, I'm abiding in Him. And so now I'm asking. And what I'm asking for brings glory to God. So, it's stu- <laughs> so watch. So all of a sudden now I know something. What do I know? It's not going to be me on my knees asking for God. God, please... Help me to win the lottery. I'll give I'll give ten percent to Pastor Tony so he could build a new church. That's not the word of God abiding in you. That's not you being connected to the vine. That's still you being connected to the world. Come on, when we when we know what we, when we get down on our face and we ask God, we start asking God for things. We can probably tell where our heart is. Right? If I'm constantly on my face asking God to bless me with something. Now listen, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's always wrong for us to ask God for something. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that if that's first and foremost, if that's ma- then we're missing it. We're missing it. Because this says, my brothers and sisters, that our life should be about producing fruit unto God. Not producing fruit unto this world. Come on. Well, I could do so much, Pastor Tony, if I had this, or if I had that. I could donate to the church, or I could go and feed the homeless. Do... Baloney! It's baloney. You know what it is? God, equip me the way you want me to. God, I feel like you've called... I know someone who has had a calling on their life for a long time to, to minister to homeless. And they're fi- it's, it's starting to happen for them in a big way. And, and, and I can hear the joy in their voice when they talk about it. See, look. That person didn't need to hit the lottery to feed the homeless. There was an unction in the heart. Come on! There was an unction in there. And something happened and they decided to move on that. And now that's bringing fruit to God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And it cost something. Shouldn't it? It cost Jesus everything. Hallelujah. Okay, so you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. That fruit has to be things that glorify God. Amen? And then look what he says. Could you put that back up there, please? Thank you. So you will be my disciples. To me, when I read something like that, I'm thinking, okay, that means... On the other hand, if I'm not, then I'm not his disciple. Uh-oh. Uh oh. And I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade or just you know just crack down and blah blah blah. No, it's not that. It, because I would think that if you're here, especially in this church, if you're watching this pastor, this pulpit, then you already know that that you know that's not it. It's, it's, you already have an unction for God. You already want to hear God's word because you know you're going to hear that here. You're not going to hear the, you know, sunshine and lollipops. So you have an unction to hear God. You want to hear God, and so now all of a sudden, when you say something like that, you say, "Oh, you, no, no!" Be encouraged because if you know that then you know now you know what you can act on. You know, and now you know if that's not you, if something's wrong, there's a miss here. You know what to pray for. Lord, I I don't feel this connection, or Lord, I don't have this unction, or Lord, Lord, show me. Why? He's telling you in His Word what a disciple would look like. And if you're not looking like that, but you want to be His disciple, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Thank Him for bringing you here this morning. Thank Him for allowing you to hear this message right now. Maybe this is just in the nick of time. Maybe there's someone who needs to be blessed. Maybe there's someone who needs fruit unto God coming through you that they might be saved. And you wouldn't even know it until you get up there. Isn't that awesome? Look Now, let's jump down to verse 16. In chapter 15, verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. There you go again. That whatever you may ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. Again, do you understand what God is saying to us? Listen, if you're abiding in the vine, if you're attached to Christ, there's going to be some fruit. The fruit that is going to be produced is going to glorify God. But there's also going to be something that happens to you. Now all of a sudden, when you pray, there's going to be something that happens. Why? Because you are abiding in the vine. You are producing fruit unto God. And now all of a sudden, when you get down on your... Wouldn't it be awesome? Awesome that you know that you know. Come on. That you know that you know when your little one is ill, all you have to do is get on your face before God and know that you know that God will heal her, him, them. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because that's bearing fruit unto God. In my life, I'm attached to the vine. Okay, Lord, I know it's not your will that we should be sick and perish. So, in Lord... Please, you are my Jehovah Rapha. Please be Jehovah Rapha to my children. Please be Jehovah... Now listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that God is going to heal everyone every time. I I can't explain why it doesn't happen that way all the time. But here's what I do know. If I'm abiding in the vine, and if I'm attached, and I'm bearing fruit unto God, I will ask what I will, and it will be done. That's what the Word says. Amen? I'm not going to argue with it. That's what it says. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But now I want you to notice what it says in the middle of those two verses that I just spit and spewed upon. On the, on the, in between there, here's what it says. In verse, I'm sorry, in John chapter 15, verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. In between that, I'm abiding in Jesus. I've got to abide in the vine. And now he's saying in, in verse 9, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. How do I do that, Jesus? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Did you hear that? How do you abide in Jesus' love? Excuse me? Keep his commandments. Can't argue with it. It just said it in black and white. Right? So what does that mean? If you're not keeping His commandments, you're not abiding in His love, or He doesn't love you? Does that mean that Jesus doesn't love you if you're not doing His commandments? No, it doesn't mean that. It just means that you're not living in it. It's there. It's available to you. There are so many folks who know about Jesus but don't know Jesus. So when they get down and they start praying for things, they don't receive anything. And then they're disappointed or they walk away and say, well, Pastor Tony's full of baloney. That doesn't work. Are you abiding in the vine? Are you abiding in His love? Let let, Let me say something to us, all of us, not just me, not just you, all of us. If we have, if we're flirting with the world and we know in our hearts that it's not right, that's not keeping His commandments. Did you hear me? Okay, so now watch. I'm not keeping His commandments. That means I'm not, He doesn't love me. No, He does love me. He already died for me. He died for the world. And the world is lost without Him. Amen? But He died for the world. He died for me. He died for you. He loved. God so loved the world. My brothers and sisters, He still loves me. But I'm abiding outside of that love. Why? I'm not keeping His commandments. He's he's showing me that in his this is part of his love. Let me talk to this side. This is this is part of this 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 shows exactly where we are. Are we connected? Are we hooked up? Why? How do I know if I'm hooked? well? I, I, I'm hooked up with him because now look, I'm hearing from him. I'm abiding in him. I'm praying. When I'm praying, things are happening. This this connection is not broken. But now listen. There's some things that are happening. There's some things I've given permission to to enter into my life. There's things that I'm seeing, that I'm hearing. There's some, some things that I'm maybe saying that, you know, I'm giving, it, it's, got, it's not of God. And it, in, in my heart, if I really sit and think about it, I know that it's not right. There's things that, you know, I'm, I'm giving ear to. There's things that, uh, you know, are, are, you know, and even though I say, well, I don't, you know, but I keep giving ear to it, it's affecting your mind. So all of these folks, and there's folks in here that can testify, that listen to all of these modern day philosophers and all of these philosophies and all of these theories and all of this, uh, this guy's uh, opinion of the, the Bible, that guy's comp- opinion of what the Bible is, what it says, what it really does, this guy's opinion of Islam, that guy's opinion of Mormonism, all these other things, they, they, they mean nothing. They mean absolutely nothing. One truth. One truth. One way. Jesus. You abide in me, you produce fruit. You want to abide in my love? Do what I ask you to do. Period. He never stopped loving me. How many of us who have children or have had children, did our children ever disobey us? Quiet. Did our children ever disobey us? Yeah. Did we stop loving them? No. No. Could we have the same effect when they were disobeying us, when they were away from us? Could we have the same effect on them? No. But when they abode, when they abide with us, and we're able to have relationship isn't that when we have an effect? Right? Right? So now look, so in effect, what he's saying, if you love me, there's going to be this relationship. If you abide in my love, then we're in this, this relationship. And out of this relationship, there's a certain flow. And the flow is, you're receiving knowledge and wisdom, spiritual attributes. And when you get, to, and you're, listen, and so now all of a sudden, you're, you're, the atmosphere has changed. Your mind has changed. You think differently. The word is alive in you. So now when you get on your knees to pray, nine times out of ten, it's going to be for somebody else. Did you hear what I said? Wow. Wow. It's, it's, it's really that simple. But what makes it hard is we still live according to self. Self is still the, the king on the throne we still have to serve ourselves, our own flesh, our thoughts, what we've been taught all of these years and then some of the confusion and some of the hardships and some of the aches and pains and we just want to relieve the pain so I'm going to compromise here, I'm going to compromise there. I'm hurt, I've got hurt feelings so I've you know, got to do something to relieve that pain. I've got a broken heart here or you know I'm going to put up some walls so that I can't get hurt anymore and then we end up locking Jesus out when he's the one that loves you the most. Isn't that some things that we do? Yes. In 1 John 5, 3, it goes through 4, not 5. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. See, everything that I've told you you have to believe by faith. And if you don't know Jesus, you don't have the faith to believe it. You have to know Jesus and you have to go to the foot of the cross and understand this. I, I need help. I do know that I'm flawed. And I do recognize that there's a God who's perfect. And I want to be reconciled back to Him. So in order for that to happen, Jesus, you've paid the price. So I put my faith and my trust in you to be the payment for my sin, to pay the price that I couldn't pay, to, to, to restore my righteousness in the eyes of God. So now, Lord, here I am. Take me. Mold me. And make me. Right? So so we, that's, that's where it begins. But now look what it says here. His commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not burdensome. See, we started off, if you love me, right, this is how you're going to love me, you'll, you'll show me, you'll, you'll do what I've, I've asked you to do. Let me go back to it so I don't uh, mess it up. Uh, if you keep my commandments, if you abide in my love, if you keep my commandments, right? You abide in my love if you keep my commandments. That was back in John 15, okay? Okay, so now, look, his commandments are not burdensome. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. First John five three, and His commandments are not burdensome. Let me ask y'all: Is that always the case? Not for me. Not for me. Sometimes it's a little tough. Sometimes it's a little tough. I'm going to tell you at the times when it's a little tough, it's not, listen, it's not a problem on his part. It's a problem on my part. It's a problem on my part. Spiritually, spiritually, I've let my vitamins, I've let my energy go down. I haven't been connected to that vine like I should be. Come on. And the commandments start to get a little bit... Huffer. Why? Because there's a little bit more of me that has sprung back to life and a little bit less of Him. Amen? And is it right? No. Should we say, okay, well, grace got that covered, so we're good? No. No. I'm called and commanded to abide and hang on to Him. Period. To walk according to His commandments, to abide in His love. So when I find that those commandments are starting to be a little bit more burdensome, then that's indicating something to me. Young people, old people, all of us. If it's hard to obey my parents when I know God commands me to obey my parents, man, just go back to the vine. Get, get back connected. Make sure that you are connected. Go to God. Because there's a little bit more of you rising up Amen? The, the old nature is rising up. Is it? Is it hard? Am I having a bigger struggle in my life with my spouse? As a man, when it says, you know, love your wives as Christ loved the church, and I know that Christ died for His church, so that means I would be willing to give up my life for my wife. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I wouldn't stand in front of, you know, take a bullet for her or anything like that. That would be easier sometimes than just going ahead and taking... Insults or you know, her disagreeing with me, and I'm not speaking to our marriage specifically, so don't before anybody gets all and writes some bad stuff. No, me and Michelle are fine, but you understand what I'm saying, just using us for an example. She's mad at me for this, she's mad at me for that, she's nagging me about this, nagging me about that. So now it's a little bit harder to love that. Wait a minute but the Bible says that I need to be willing to give up my life for her, love her like I'm willing to be able to give my, up my life. So do I turn around and start arguing with her about it? Do I turn? No, I've got to somehow, some way, stay connected to that vine and do what God has commanded me to do and love her sacrificially. And sacrificially might mean I need to go ahead and put up with some nagging right now. Don't get any ideas. I, you know, are you with me? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So now let's go to wives. And this is not a marriage seminar. That guy knows everything. You can't tell him nothing. Oh, you hush. He's not here to defend himself. That guy knows everything. You're not telling him anything. It's always got to be this way, that way, the other way. Husbands, submit yourselves to your husband. Respect your husband. That's what it says. Don't harm me. Read the Bible. That's what it says respect. Did I say husbands? Oh, I apologize. Wives, submit your. Thank you. It doesn't say that in the Bible, by the way. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. Thank Thank you. So I got in trouble the other way. Forgive me. Anyway, listen. Listen. So what does that mean? That means wives, submit to his authority. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't go and squeal about him to God. But that means don't stand there and argue. That means don't stand there and say, that's it, I'm not happy, I need a divorce. Don't, if he don't change, then not, Or I got permission, what? Or I got permission right now, listen, to go look someplace else. Or I got permission right now to do this or to do that or to do th- No, you don't have permission. You're abiding, if you're abiding in the vine, you have to do what God has asked you to do. If you're a woman, submit to his authority as, a, as as your husband. If you're a man, then you need to love your wife unconditionally, sacrificially. Did I say something funny again? Okay, so now listen, watch. watch. In all our walks of life, I've covered this before. When Jesus is preaching and teaching, he's, he's a 30 to 33 year old um, single man, single Preacher, single rabbi, God and man simultaneously, and so he's preaching this, and he's and we need to, we need to emulate Jesus. Well, how in the world? I've said this to you before. Can a sixty-one-year-old married guy with grandchildren be like Jesus? That's why we have the epistles. He tells me how to be like Jesus. This word covers me completely. No matter who we are, where we are, how, teenagers. Yeah, what does it say? I'm not married yet. Listen, don't be unequally yoked. If the person that you uh, think about dating is not saved, don't date them. Women, dress yourself. Do I have to go through all of this? You know what the word says, don't you? So, my brothers and sisters, so now I want to abide in his love. I want to, listen, I want to abide in his love. And abide in his love means I'm doing what he's asking me to do. And really, then it doesn't become a burden for me. Because now if it's burdensome for me, then that means there's something wrong here. D- do you hear that? That means there's something wrong here. And I need to get back in that prayer closet. And I need to, Jesus, whatever has happened, please. Or, I've failed you in this area, so now please forgive me and restore me. And it's done. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Okay, so now watch. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. We have to trust and believe. So now when I see scripture like this, then I have to act upon it. So now look, again, I want to repeat this. So now if the, if the commands start to become burdensome for me, so I need to go back to Him. I need to get some help. Why? Because if I put my faith and trust in Him, and Him alone, I'm not going to try to work this out another way. I'm not going to try and get some... No, I'm going to Him. i am put my faith, my trust in Him alone. I have victory. I have victory over whatever that thing is that's causing His commands to be a burden to me. Well, what could it be, Tony? I'm glad you asked. Look at James. I kept it there and everything. Hallelujah! If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart. Let me pause there for a minute. You see this? If anyone thinks he's religious, that means if you're if you're following ceremony, you're doing quote unquote the right things. You're going to church. Uh, you know, if you happen to be of this denomination, every sacrament you're uh, abiding to, or whatever their ter- church doctrine says, or whatever their, their... You just abide by whatever their book says. You're doing it. Religious, external religious acts. That's what this... Ta- that's, that's what this. Is. Anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, <clears throat> he deceives his... But dece- he bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart, does not bridle his tongue, but he dece- deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. That means whatever you're doing that you think you're doing sacrificially, going to church, you know, even reading your Bible, whatever you're doing, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. All of your piety, your works of piety, they don't mean anything if you don't bridle your tongue, if you don't control what you're saying, what's coming out of your mouth. And it could be the truth. It could be the truth. But how you deliver the truth also says what's on your heart. Come on. Okay. Please. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans, the widows, in their affliction. This is the same thing as saying in our culture, yes, visit the orphans and the world, but those who are not cared for. In that culture, if you were a widow or an orphan, basically you were totally locked out. You know, you could just die on the street. Come on, if you are a widow or an orphan, you are totally dependent on someone else to take care of you, right? Now, if you read in the scriptures as we're studying Timothy, and and it talks about widows and and how it's the responsibility if you are if you are part of the church, if you are part of God's church, if you are part of the body of Christ, and you have widows in your family, it's your you have to take care of them. That's it. He says that if you don't you're worse than a non-believer. So in the church, there should be no widows that aren't being taken care of. So it might be a little bit harder for us to relate to what this is actually saying. So now in our language, this—that just think about the people who are totally um, used and abused, forgotten. Those who are just forgotten. For whatever reason. So this is what it says. If... Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit the orphans and the win- widows in their afflictions. Anyone who's afflicted and, and just left out, forgotten, it's up to us who are born again to help to care for them. It's my heart that we do something out of this building instead of just writing checks to everybody. And I've been saying it for a while. I know... Uh, Praise God, our our brother Luke and our sister Anita have something on our heart. They're building a ministry and hopefully we'll be able to sow into that ministry someday. But see, there's an unction from God there. God gave them a vision. They're they're acting on their vision. But there's so many other things. We don't have to wait for Luke and Anita's place to be in its full bloom. What we could be doing is, number one, helping now. But also, we could be doing things now. What is God asking you to do? What is God giving you a vision for? Because if He's given you a vision for it, you bring it to the board of this church. If it lines up with His Word, we're going to finance it. We're going to do what we can to help you. I'm looking for people to do things like that. So I see a scripture like this. Man, I'm all over it. My heart is all over it. What do you want to do? What has God given you in your heart? What is, what is, because that's going to bring fruit unto God. You're called according to His purpose. He didn't save you to sit there. He saved you so that you could glorify Him. And He's glorified by you sharing the love that you have in Christ Jesus. You're connected. You are the vine. There's going to be fruit. And so I want to help you because of what God is doing in us as corporately, as a group. I want to be able to help you. bring it. Bring it wherever God has called you to, wherever He's given you a vision for. Let's, let's discuss it. Let's see what we can do to give it hands, to give it feet, to give it life. Amen? Do I have to beg you anymore? I know that there's at least one somebody in here that hears what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So you want to know why the burdens, the, the, the what the, the I'm sorry, the commands of the Lord become burdensome is when we become stained from the world. When we become stained from the world, then all of a sudden it's a little bit harder for us to do those things that God has asked us to do. Why we're stained from the world? He was he is who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus Christ is the son of God my brothers and sisters my faith remember what we said in the previous my faith i got to believe and trust that Jesus Christ is the son of the living god and that in him i don't have to be stained from the world and if i am i can become clean in him and no longer be stained from the world So this branch, before I plucked it off, was connected. But there's some spot or something on this thing. And you know that grapefruit tree, I'm giving it probably just a little bit more of a chance. That's never been a real good producer. I've fertilized it, I've tried to give it some extra water here and there, and but you know the fruit just you know, I, I'm gonna have to talk to a citrus expert because obviously I don't know enough about it to get this right. But what I've noticed is from time to time, you know, the leaves are necrotic I've got spots. And so when I'm on my way here, I'm considering the message and I got this branch sitting there and and, and then I considered this. You know what? My brothers and sisters, this tree is corrupted. It becomes corrupted from something on the outside is causing it to become corrupt. And that's what happens to us. We let something on the outside corrupt us. Whether it's somebody planting a thought in our mind and then the enemy of my soul just running with it. Whether it's this next theory, that next thing coming down the pike. All of a sudden, my brothers and sisters, I'm stained now. There's some corruption. And because of the corruption, now, listen, God doesn't stop loving me. But now I'm outside of His love. Why? Why? Why, why am I... Because I'm corrupted now. I'm, I'm being influenced by this external thing. And, and now I'm not abiding in His love. Are, are you there? Oh, boy, oh boy. Is this... <laughs> but thank God. He doesn't abandon you. He doesn't... If something... If you get stained, we go back to Him and we say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, whatever this is, I need your help. And He cleans us. Again, I've got to say it. If we confess our sins, 1 John, He is faithful and just. To forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My brothers and sisters, some preachers who are very well known and celebrity, have big followings, will say to you that that only means when you first go to Him, when you first become born again. I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that's not so. That is not so. Because John was writing to Christians. And John said, if we confess, we, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. He's talking to me. He's talking to you. Did you mess up this week? That's oh, Listen, it's not okay, but here's what makes it okay. Lord Jesus, You are the Son of God. You are the true and living God. Forgive me. Lord, obviously I'm weak in that area, so please be strong. Lord, I don't want to fail you anymore. Lord, please forgive me and please restore me. I want to be covered with your love. I want to abide in your love. My brothers and sisters, if you pray that from your heart and you mean it, you are clean. Clean! And you are abiding in the vine. And now, watch the fruit come. Are you there? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! This is good news. This is very good news. He has called me to produce fruit, and He empowers me to do it. And my brothers and sisters, he, is, he already knew that I was going to make a mistake. He saved me anyway. But He didn't save me so that I continue to make mistakes. See, i got to say this stuff, because there's always going to be somebody who criticizes. He didn't save me to continue to make mistakes. He saved me to produce fruit unto God. Amen. So now, I've got to stay unstained from the world. That means when, listen, that means when I'm on the job and they say you've got to do it this way and you compromise your integrity here or a little there, or nope, I can't do it. Why? That's the way it's done in the world. Not in God's world. It's not done that way in God's world. And I am a, listen, I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. I operate under His rule, His law. Amen? I'm abiding in His vine. I'm not longer connected to the world remember the world is dead to me and I'm dead to the world hallelujah now I'm living under God amen abiding in the vine stay with me please before I pop a gasket (laughs) hallelujah God there are people in this room and people watching who genuinely love you and who genuinely want to serve you there are people under the sound of my voice right now who do want fruit produced under God through them So, Lord, for those people, those of us who believe and trust, Father, we give our hearts and minds everything that we are to You. Lord, forgive us for our shortcomings. Forgive us for even doing those things we knew were wrong. Thank You for Your mercy and Your grace. Help us, Lord. Help us not to abuse Your grace. Help us, Lord, not to abuse Your grace. Lord, help us to live according to the love that you have for us. Help us, Lord, to stay connected. Help us, Lord, in every way. Holy Spirit, lead, guide, and direct us in all areas of our lives. And Lord, when the temptation comes, thank you for always having a way of escape. Thank you. Lord, thank you that we are no longer stained from the world. Father, those of us in this room now who know that we have been stained, Lord, we commit those things unto you right now. Ask for your forgiveness. Take a moment, church. Hallelujah. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus, for your robe of righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for making us clean. And so now, Lord Jesus, thank you for your love. And now, Lord Jesus, lead God and direct in everything that we should do. And Lord Jesus, give us the courage to act according to those visions, those unctions that you've given us. Empower us, strengthen us. And let us produce the fruit that you've obtained for us to produce unto God. It's in your great name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Listen, before we dismiss, I want i just examine yourself. Examine your heart. If you know that you've been born again, then hallelujah, then you pray that prayer and it's had its effect if you believe and trust it by faith. If you're not sure or if you prayed a prayer when you were young and you don't really really know, listen, don't take another step except if it's to this altar or if it's in your closet. You need to make sure that you are saved, that you are born again, that you're born from above you need to go to Jesus and and just go to Jesus and not say, I'm sorry for my sin and now uh, come to my life. No, it's not about that. It's about Jesus, I'm sorry for, for my sin and now I want you to have my life. I'm giving my life to you now. That's what being saved is. No longer me, but Him. Amen? So, yes, pray a prayer. Yes, state your desire to have Jesus in your heart and in your life. But understand, when you're doing that, what you're really doing is you're committing your life to Him. And if you've never done that before, my brothers, my sisters, please, you could be really my brother or my sister in Christ if you do that. If you do that. And then, if you've done that, then, go do do all the things that He's called you to do. What, What are you talking about, Tony? Well, His commands. Well, Pray, read, fast, be baptized. I mean, all of these things that God, this is all part of, listen, but remember what His Word just told us. You can act pious and you can act holy and you can do all of those things, but if you're not connected, it means nothing. Amen? Amen? Got to abide in His love. Amen? Amen. So, I'm going to trust that you've heard that Word and that Holy Spirit is convicting who He needs to convict, and that before this day is over, somewhere there's going to be more than one somebody on their knees asking Jesus to have their life. Amen? Amen. Lord, that's my prayer, and I thank You in advance that somebody who heard that word is going to be born again. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in Thy sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace. And